Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I want to talk about the workplace. There is one very, very powerful reason to diversify the workplace and work towards gender equality. It's good for the bottom line. How, you ask? Well, we're going to find out right now. Teresa Freeborn is with us, author of Suits and Skirts Game On, The Battle for Corporate Power. Teresa, thank you for joining us. Oh, my pleasure. Uh, A great title, by the way, Suits and Skirts Game On. (laughs) What do you want people to take from that? Well, it's actually designed to really be that attention grabber because I think we may have reached some complacency in the progress that we've made as women, assuming very advanced leadership roles um, in the corporate world. What do you mean? You think we've reached like a plateau? Well, I think that we're just not paying attention anymore like we, we did at some point in time. And I, I think it, it really comes down to me being quite outraged by the pace of progress that, that to me seems very, very slow. And, and I just ask your, your listeners to simply do the math, you know, take a look at the progress in terms of the numbers of women in um, key decision-making roles throughout the world, whether it's government or corporations or healthcare or education, it really doesn't matter. Music, I yeah. mean, it, it just, it's, it's, it's pathetic, actually, and quite shameful. So I really do want to draw some attention to the fact that we can't be complacent, that um, it basically change will happen as a, a direct result of people demanding the change. And this is designed really to get that sort of audience fired up for that. Now, you know of what you speak because you've climbed that corporate ladder. You've been the president, the CEO of a couple of different really big credit unions. Uh, What was it like for you? Well, for me, um, I must admit, you know, when you've got your head down and you're simply doing your job day to day, you don't really think about that much, right? But at, at the same time as leading those institutions, I had a chance to really take on a special role, and that is to help women advance in their leadership roles and was involved in in many, many um, institutions to do that. But what I did find is that all of those fossilized beliefs, those myths, those roadblocks exist, and they existed all through my career. And interestingly enough, as I I mentor young women today, they still exist today. So it's almost like we just put them into our norm. And I'm calling that out and suggesting that this really does have to change. The behavior has to change. And that men actually have a big, big role in doing that. Men have the power. They're in those positions of power and they can make the change. But they have to just keep it top of mind. I agree with you completely because I've been hearing this actually firsthand from my daughter who is in that kind of world right now and running up against these things. In my mind, I thought, I thought we were past this. Apparently we are not. So you talk about, you know, men being the key to change here. What is the most convincing argument, though, to make them the agents of change? Well, I, I think um, it was sort of introduced there as you kicked it off, and that is, is that, you know, the more gender parity you have at a board table, at a C-suite, the more likely you will have uh, a more successful business, you will have business growth, you will have profits. 
And if I can get anyone's attention on that, maybe I can get uh, the men that do hold those power um, positions right now to to think about that and what it means if your company is more successful and more profitable, then guess what? Compensation packages sort of fall in line with that. So it's kind of a pay attention to this. It's well researched. (laughs) There isn't an article out there that doesn't talk about it and prove it. So I'm asking people to reread that information and just see how important it is to have that gender parity at the board table and at the C-suite. Right. That's pretty convincing. It's, it's more money for you. You may not want yeah. to do it, but it's more money for you if you do it. Exactly. So how do you make it happen, though? It's obvious it's got to be a process. Yes, it, it, there is a process. And I guess if it was that simple, it'd all be done by now, right? But it's not. So I actually think that um, for men, what I really want to do here is if they look at this book and they view it as maybe something that agitates them a little bit. It's about disruptive change, right? It's about a challenge to them to say, look, there's a serious problem, and believing there isn't is just nonsense. So talk to the women, ask the women. They're going to tell you there's a problem, and they're also going to tell you how to fix it if you just pay attention. And I, I think the first thing you have to do, though, is just own it. Own the problem here. There is a problem. Let's all acknowledge that embrace diversity, gender balance from the CEO's office and the boardroom and shout it from the rooftops and and start counting and then present those findings and show them to the women that work for you, those bright, capable folks that are just waiting to be called up and present those and and be transparent. And I mean, there's just a ton of things you can you can do immediately. All of that's laid out in the book. So I'm really hoping that I can I can get everyone's attention to take a look at it. Yeah. and see that it's actually step-by-step. Step. You, you got this, you know? <laughs> Teresa, you know, it's so interesting you say this because way back at the beginning of our show this morning, we were talking about psychological assessments, personality tests that more and more companies are doing. And one of the big benefits of it is that it leads to more diversity in the workplace because you're not relying on someone's personal, perhaps unconscious bias when they are hiring, right? You're, you're making like, oh, this person has the qualities I'm looking for, therefore there's the person I should hire. Exactly, exactly. Well, again, it's, it's you're making mention of those sort of beliefs, those myths that ex- still exist about women in the workplace, you know, that we're, we're not emotionally strong enough, you know, that we're, um, that uh, you can't possibly be pregnant and work in a senior capacity. You, you can't sort of have kids and have a career. Believe it or not, those, those fossilized beliefs and myths are still so much alive and a lot of it is unintentional. I, I, I call that out to my male colleagues. It's not that they're deliberately doing this in most cases. They're just not aware of it. And when you have that frame of mind as you approach a workplace and you're hiring and you're training people, that gets in the way in a very big way. Do employers think that that's too costly? Like little things like job sharing or allowing someone to come back part-time for a couple of years. Like why, what's, the, what's the problem with saying yes to some of that? Uh, none. <laughs> There's no problem. Quite frankly, um, that is our workplace of tomorrow is the key is flexibility. And I think the sooner we can sort of get rid of this idea that it's such an issue to balance, you know, work and life and home and children and, you know, um, your home and all of that, the sooner that we can stop talking about all of that and just start thinking about ways that we can make that a little easier on the, the women who, who hold the, the, the chief responsibility in that area all the time, in addition to climbing that corporate ladder. So, you know, I think that the, the key word is flexibility as we go forward. We have to be more flexible. We have to understand what women really need in terms of support mechanisms to help them be all they can be because it's good for 
all corporations to have more women at that senior table. So help them get there. Right. So what would your advice be then to women? It's, it's a difficult conversation to bring up in the workplace. Well, it is. But as I've introduced, I did some primary research to go with the book, as well as, of course, combing the, the internet for all sorts of information that would help sort of, you know, solidify my opinions. And I have to admit, at the end of the day, what women um, are really looking for today in my discussions with them is, first of all, they see these, these, this discrimination that still takes place, this misogyny that still exists. They see all of this in the workplace. And really what they want is they, they want to know, first of all, what do I say in response to this? How do I do that? And this book will give them that sort of coaching. It's a bit of a playbook for women, even though I directed it at men. It does give them that. But it also, um, I believe, um, gives them a voice, makes them feel a little stronger about their position here. So there's lots that women can do. I think we, we're too quick to sort of laugh it off and, you know, push it to the side and, and all of that. But, yeah, there's, it's about finding our inner strength to, to tackle this right there with the guys that hold the power. I think we can do it together. Well, thank you so much for your time this morning. Perfect. Thank you so much for having me. Um, and uh, we'll talk soon. We will. That's Teresa Freeborn, author of Suits and Skirts, Game On, The Battle for Corporate Power. That's the book she has written. She actually stepped down uh, in early 2022 to write this book that you know talks about her career and the things that she's... She was the head of several quite large financial organizations, CEO of um, a couple of different credit unions, both in the United States and Canada for many years. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. <laughs> and Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.